You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today's episode is called Pure and Simple. That was so good. I like that. I felt warm. It was intentional. It's like kind of Christmassy the way you said it. It Ah. Pure and simple. Sing songy. That that was was. a little, you took it a little bit like a different. I went over, I crossed. (laughs) I crossed the line. I'm sorry. Uh, But what we're talking about today, this episode is all about how we misunderstand modesty. Yes. And of course, we are going to give you some practical insight Mm -hmm. about purity and modesty working together. That's how they do it. Yeah. We also are going to uh, tell you a little bit right now about uh, two upcoming things that we have in the works. One is we have a mini series coming up on stains on the church. Mm. And um, what we're talking about are things that in our real life experience, dealing with people who are not believers in Christ, um, issues that they have with how the church operates in culture and um, different stances that um, mainstream Christianity takes that is actually damaging its witness in the realm of those who actually need the gospel. Yes. And then our uh, other series. Yes, we're super excited about this one. The Stains on the Church one is exciting, but it it's is. in a different way. It's more like controversial, I guess. Yeah. Well, and we get to get into know. some meat. This next one might be more controversial. Yeah, that's true. So this one, we actually worked really hard on the title, guys. So I hope you enjoy it. It is called Chris Smith's. <laughs> By the Nick Smith's Chris Smith's. Yeah, we... <laughs> I think we went too far on that I one. I don't know. Well, um, we might Nick Smith's we'll Christmas. So we're going to be talking about different myths at Christmas time. And we know it, we're already like halfway into December. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, halfway oh, great. Advent. I've been totally using these myths with my children. Or I've been using these myths my whole life. But the cool thing is we're going to give you not only the myth and a little bit of where it came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably thinking of Santa Claus. That's one of them. Um, but we're also going to give you ways that you can incorporate these things into your family's practices, into your holiday season, and it not be um, a heathenist practice. Yeah, we're trying to reclaim and uh, re-sanctify some of these things. Yes. And a lot of the things that are um, not Christ-centered mm-hmm. actually have very... Christocentric themes yeah. that you can utilize. Yeah. Look at me using big words. Wow. I went to school once, y'all. It's like he's in seminary or something. I'm almost done. I won't be able to say that too much longer. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's jump into our episode. Yes. So uh, we're talking about pure and simple, mm-hmm. the myths of uh, purity versus modesty. modesty. Okay. So where this came from, y'all. And I got to turn my head last, down. Sorry. I think last week I was into like pet peeves. I was like, man, this really irks me. Well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to use that same phrase this time, but I'm going to say I became very aware of this, um, like the body positive workout gear. Have you seen this? Like there's a ton of companies now that make workout gear. That's like, like really cute outfits Mm -hmm. and, um, they have pockets so you can like keep your phone with you. But a lot of them, they, they've created these, these, um, brands and these lines of clothing so that, um, women who don't look like the typical model, Mm -hmm. um, who aren't, you know teeny tiny yeah. can go and work out and feel confident and feel cute. And so we have this like body positive culture that has yeah. emerged, which is awesome. But then we also have this other side of it on the Christianese side mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you can be cute, but not too cute. And and whatever you do, especially in the gym or any place where there's anyone of the opposite sex, mm-hmm. do not let them look at your butt. <laughs> At all costs. Yes. Do whatever you can. The butt. 
cover your butt and cover your butt it's man. the cover your butt movement <laughs> um but in truth it's so frustrating to me one being a female who if you've never seen me in person um i have a shape that um i i do have a butt we all have but well i can't say that most people have butts Nick doesn't have a butt it's okay we it's, call it, it a what butt it works but <laughs> y'all all right i can sit he can it, sit it and functions yeah it's functional um but I'm one of those girls that I've always had trouble finding pants. I have trouble finding really good jeans. I have to buy more expensive jeans because the average um, denim maker doesn't take into consideration the full shape that some of us women have. Okay. At the same time, like I'm confident in that. I've never really been ashamed of that part of my body. Mm -hmm. Like I think I have um, an awesome family who's always kind of encouraged me to embrace my body for what it is. However... There are also parts of me that recognize in Christian culture that like, oh, but I don't necessarily have to be ashamed of it, Mm -hmm. but I should definitely cover it up. And I should feel bad if at any point attention is drawn to my butt just from me wearing workout clothes. Well, and it it goes beyond workout clothes. And and if I'm not overstepping my bounds here as a man, um, there's this, (laughs) this uncomfortable culture with a woman's body in general, mm-hmm. um, in Christian circles. Yeah. And there's, it's weird. Uh, I can't remember who talked about it. They talked about like ghosts in the, yes, in, ghosts in, in the church, in, in the yeah, church about yeah. how, um, some men in ministry have dealt with, um, infidelity or they dealt with some sort of, uh, attraction outside of their marriage. Mm-hmm. And that ghost of that past issue is carried into every interaction they have with another woman. Yeah. Um, but even beyond anyone with any infidelity, uh, there's this this weird thing in the church among uber religious people because mm-hmm. it's not faith filled it's it's religion filled yeah yeah where um, a woman just being herself is a threat to a man's sexuality to to a man's like uh, purity mm-hmm. right so um, we had the issue at a church we went to uh, about breastfeeding oh my goodness yes where I remember this. The, yeah. the, the phrase that was thrown around so often was like, well, you know, you women, you don't want to make your brother stumble and you don't want your brother to stumble. And it, the, the responsibility mm-hmm. is then put on the woman yeah. as like, it's your job to protect your brother in Christ's yeah. eyes from viewing you in any sort of way that may be sexual. Yeah. Which the problem with that as, and if you read scripture and you look at what Jesus even talks about with lust and where it starts yeah. and whose responsibility it really is and what we should do mm-hmm. when we encounter that we have a problem with something. You know, if your right hand causes you to stumble or your right eye causes you to stumble, then you get mad yeah. at the thing you looked at. Right. <laughs> right. Isn't that what Jesus said? You if bounce your eyes. If you're no, if your right <laughs> eye causes you to stumble, you tell that woman to cover herself. Isn't that what it says? Yeah. I think that's probably in the first book of crap. <laughs> I don't know. Like, no, but seriously, if, if we understand that Jesus took it so seriously, he's yeah. like, you're going to gouge that out. You're going yes. to then remove your ability to look at that thing. So mm-hmm. with regard to that situation, I remember we, we were able to have a really good conversation with yeah. our brothers in Christ where it was like, hold on a second. Is this not very similar to the discussion that's often had in cases where a woman is sexually assaulted? Hmm. And our first question or our first line Come of on. thinking is, well, what was she doing there? Or what, what was, was she, she wearing? wearing? Or come on, what did she look like? And was she acting in a certain way? All of a sudden, we've taken the responsibility and the, the really the guilt mm-hmm. of assaulting this woman and taking and subduing her physically mm-hmm. and um, defaming her. We've taken that and we've said, oh, well, no, actually, I think it was probably her fault because, you know, gosh, I mean, if she wouldn't have been flirting that way, 
if she wouldn't have been putting herself in that position in those clothes which as a as a woman i'm sure is very degrading is very yeah absolutely as a man it's also very degrading because Mm -hmm. what that's saying is men have no self-control and if they see something they're just gonna act on it you're just gonna start there's no there's no higher logic there's no reason there's no spiritual connection there's Mm -hmm. no moral code it's just oh i see something you know it's like if i walk by a snack tray Oh, I see the snacks. I'm gonna have to eat it. Like, you shouldn't have had the snacks out. You, it's your fault. It's no, your fault it's that I gained all this weight because you <laughs> put the all fork. the Oreos out. I blame the fork because I'm fat. That's the fork's fault. Oh, wow. Um, but I think what we we're dealing with is um, an issue with modesty versus purity, mm-hmm. right? Because the the line that's touted is you want to be modest, speaking to women especially. Um, but there are some speaking to men. You know, men, you shouldn't be doing this you know that's immodest walking around in however i don't know what women look at walking around with your face with out your muscles being a dude and stuff put your beard away uh <laughs> i don't i don't know if you're a beard kind of gal i guess <laughs> that would work for you i'm just i don't know i'm just rolling with it here go with me um but the the weight is put on the person to be modest yeah and i think what we're trying to point to as christians is not modesty Though modesty is important, Mm -hmm. but we want to emphasize purity as well as modesty. Absolutely. And there's two different definitions happening here. Mm -hmm. When we look at modesty, um, this is about a a behavior or it's uh, a manner of appearance that's intended to avoid um, impropriety or indecency. So like when we have Mm -hmm. modesty, we're we're actually trying to um, put on something. It's It's the intention though. Yeah. Being yes, modest is, is intentional. Yeah. Uh, there's an intentionality on the purpose that you're doing something. Mm-hmm. And right. whereas purity, you're looking at, um, at least the definition that we found is it's the freedom from contamination. It's a freedom from adulteration and immorality. So there's, there's a condition mm-hmm. with, fr- with, um, purity. It's, it's mm-hmm. a condition of being, whereas yeah. modesty is an intention. Mm, that's good. And so, yeah. And Which, that, that, yeah. Just listening to that <laughs> makes me think of, so like you can be, pure like if you think of a child right children mm-hmm. um like our daughter is four and she still doesn't understand she has no issues with her body she doesn't nope. realize nakedness is a thing no shame um and so but there's a purity there she's not being immodest right she's not intending to elicit um embarrassment for for her right. brother you know what I mean? Right. she's not trying to do anything um she's just pure in that mm-hmm. so you can be uh naked as a jaybird Mm-hmm. and have a purity about you yes um, and you can be fully clothed and still be immodest because Absolutely. if your intentionality is to to have that kind of allure it doesn't yeah. matter what you're wearing yeah it's an intentionality 100%. yeah so, yeah that's just kind of what hit me yeah well and if you look at proverbs there's a lot of images in proverbs of like the adulterous woman versus the virtuous woman mm-hmm. and a lot of times if you look at that like there is an adorning that happens. There's a certain type of thing that the adulterous woman puts on, but there's also a heart condition that she has mm-hmm. in the way that she approaches a man, the way that she deals with people versus the virtuous woman. And especially in Proverbs 31, of course, you, you'll look at the, the virtuous woman and um, even what she puts on herself are character traits, strength and dignity mm-hmm. are her clothing. And so like even looking at the differences um, in these types of women, which Proverbs, of course, is not, these aren't literal women, but these are, um, I guess, kind of archetypes maybe for us to look at. Um, You even see that um, behavior is part of it, but a lot of times it's it's that heart condition that is... um, is more accentuated with the virtuous woman or the pure woman. And the, the verse that I always hear used in church and I have since I was a child is first um, Timothy uh, Ooh, yeah. two two nine. We mm-hmm. wrote it down again, mm-hmm. not good at addresses, but it says uh, likewise also 
that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, mm. not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire. Or if you are King James or old school, you would say costly array. You know what I'm oh, talking about. My, costly um, array. But with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Yeah. And so, and then in three, the next one, I've heard this one First as well. Peter, yeah. First Peter. Um, don't let your adorning be external, the braiding mm-hmm. of the hair, the putting mm-hmm. on of the gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be hit, be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle yes. and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Now these have been clobber verses used often. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say they've been used improperly. Um, I remember being in a church as a kid and having, uh, a younger person come to church, wasn't a church goer came to church probably in her early 20s, dressed like she would dress when she went out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because those are her nice clothes. Yep. So she's dressed as nice as she knows how, and it's very form-fitting clothes. And someone, um, a, a mother of the church approached her and said, you know, you shouldn't be dressed in that wow. costly array. And But when you look here, they're not talking about showing skin. They're talking mm-hmm. about uh, flaunting your wealth, flaunting yeah. your... Because that's how they would catch mates. You know what I mean? Yep. That's how they'd catch a dude's eye. Like, well, that's what with Rebecca and... Uh, Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. She put on gold jewelry. She had the, and she was fully like back then, like the women had like, she had a thing. She had her veil. veil on thank you. Everything. Like, the thing that covers the, the, the screen, <laughs> the mask. What? I don't know what you do with your hands. <laughs> you know, you it. put it over your head. Anyway, okay, I got you. Um, I got you. but yeah, she would have been covered. Her skin would have been covered and yeah, they had to put something on her to show like, Oh wow. She's adorned. She is. Yeah. Um, and she was beautiful, but it's also like, Oh, from afar, that's what he saw. Yeah. Which brings to mind, like there's a cultural standard to modesty, mm-hmm. um, mo- being modest. So just so you know, listening, um, if you grew up in an Amish culture, right, there's a cultural aspect to what you understand modesty to be. So showing your, your knee would yeah. be immodest because according to your culture, there's a, a modesty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, yet someone who grew up say in the Pacific islands, um, who grew up wearing, uh, just, what are the, like the traditional coconut, yeah. not coconut, um, like the grass skirts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, they're not being immodest. Right. Yet if they weren't wearing the grass skirt to them, that's immodesty. And so culturally there's an understanding of modesty and mm-hmm. someone who is dressed differently than you, just because their level of modesty is different. Doesn't mean that there's an impurity issue. Yes. And it truthfully, it, it only shows our ignorance mm-hmm. when we assume that all people in all places should dress the same. Um, and we, we've seen this at work most honestly in the church, yeah. um, in missionary work, Come, some yeah. of the earliest missionaries, when they would go, they would bring the gospel and that's mm-hmm. great. And unfortunately, sometimes they would bring the King James, but you know, they would bring the <laughs> gospel. That's all they had. It's okay. But they would bring it, but then they would say, okay, now that you're believers, now that you've confessed Jesus as your Lord and savior, and now that you're baptized, now you need to start behaving like Christians. Yep. But unfortunately at that point, behaving like a Christian was viewed as behaving like an American Christian or no or, with the or, Catholic or, church when they were co- uh, colonializing the uh, native Americans. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. you know, they would, they would subjugate them as soon as they accepted sometimes by force, mm-hmm. a lot of times by force accepted the faith. Then they were forced into pants and suits and dresses. Because now and, you have to, now you have to be a Christian outwardly and yeah. to them like to, Oftentimes our American understanding is, well, you need to be a Christian like me. You need to do what I do. And if we think about it, this is just putting a yoke on people. It really is. This is that understanding of like, well, now that you're, um, now that you're a Christian, you can't wear those things anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe because 
when I, before I was a Christian, I used to wear those things or I used to do those things, but now, well, that's not the same for everyone. There that's are right. certain things we understand and, and scripture is very clear on certain things that like, yes, we, we should now not be accepting food that was sacrificed to idols. We should, yeah. we should pro we should kind of stray away from that. Yeah. But as far as putting things on people to do or not do, mm-hmm. that, that really muddles the gospel for people because yeah. now you've created a standard that that isn't Christ. Yeah, it's people, and you're you're putting your standard of of you're trying to legislate purity. Oh, you're trying to legislate, which we all know how legislating righteousness goes, don't <laughs> it we? It don't. It don't. It y'all. works so great. It don't. It's a theocracy. Is that what it exactly? Is? <laughs> so you can't you can't bring someone the gospel and your cultural identity. Yeah. Uh, the God. That's the beauty of the gospel is it transcends culture. Mm-hmm. There are people in every kind of every type of culture on this planet that can live out the gospel faithfully without having to succumb to Western culture. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And I don't mean Western like cowboys because that's that would be hilarious. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> to, be a, to be a Christian, you got to get a cowboy hat. That's not what I'm saying. But well, some people would say that. Some people would. You're wrong. Not so, over her. Um, well, um, and it's yeah. crazy because you mentioned like the, the Pacific Islanders or like different mm-hmm. cultures. Um, we tend to go to the most extreme, like different um, culture. Mm-hmm. But the reality is in many indigenous cultures, men and women mm-hmm. functionally are topless. Yeah. This is just part of their culture. Yeah. Yet in America, we look at this, whether it's a man or a woman, and we see that as a sexual image Yes. Um, in any context. So like with men, especially we, we've hypersexualized men. I think we've objectified men more so in the last probably 20, 25 years. Yeah, than, than where we, are men's rights? Than we think we have. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> men have plenty of rights. I'm joking. You're that was good. a joke. Go ahead. Um, but we've looked at like the, the topless male mm-hmm. or... And, with um like underwear models mm-hmm. we put a man in just some calvin in Klein's out in public that's a sexual image it's mm-hmm. not just advertising underwear we make sure that that man looks a certain way to entice people yeah. they do but it's like okay well why is this a sexual thing when someone wearing that same amount of clothing in another culture they wouldn't put them on a billboard because it wouldn't be any different yeah. than their normal everyday thing yeah so the that image of your cultural identity um writing for you your narrative of sexual uh immodesty or impurity mm-hmm. is is necessary mm-hmm. when you're advocating for a certain standard with other people yeah because the last thing you want to do is is getting to know a new believer especially and you start giving them this legalistic law of um how you were raised and what you were taught mm-hmm. was modest and what was immodest mm-hmm. and what really we need to focus on is purity versus impurity yes because the modesty piece will come mm-hmm. when you're operating from a pure heart. Yeah. The modesty piece comes because if in your heart you are operating from a place of you're not seeking sinful attention, you're not yeah. seeking um, sexual advancements, you're, you're not trying to entice someone, um, then you're going, it's going to be reflected in your attitude and the way you yeah. carry yourself. Your freedom will be evident. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. your intentions, like a, a lot of times we can have the wrong intention, um, and most of the time I think we do in our flesh, we have the wrong intention, but when we are submitted to the freedom of Christ, those intentions will change. Mm -hmm. We will see ourselves like, Oh no, now I'm intending. Now what I want is good for others. Now what I want is to guard my brother's heart, but now I'm not doing it out of a sense of, Oh my gosh, I better not ever even give him any sense of anything. Yeah. I've got to cover myself in sackcloth and ashes. No, can't wear makeup. But now my, my intention to guard my brother's heart is about what I say. It's about um, how I treat him. It's about, so it's not just trying to avoid um, sexual arousal, which I yeah. think a lot of times in um, 
I think we can be very Puritan in that. Yeah. It's um, part of the as, American as like undergirth is yeah, that Puritanical It's like don't mindset. ever bring up sex. Don't ever and don't ever give anybody any hint of believing you're a sexual being. Mm-hmm. And that creates so many issues for people. It, it it causes it's it's not just the forbidden fruit thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that. It's that we really are creating a law. Yeah. Um, I think you said it so beautifully. Like we, we're creating a law for people based on our character or our character flaws. Yeah, and it, it takes it out of the realm of self-control mm-hmm. and it puts it into the realm of a hypersexualization. What you said about yeah. the the women guarding their brother's heart, like um, that's great. And I think it's, it's all fine and dandy. I think it's important to be aware of how you're viewed, right? Mm-hmm. But it's more important for our brothers in Christ to um, know where their heart is yeah. and to not be constantly heat seeking looking for any piece of flesh so that they can justify the lust inside of them and so Mm -hmm. the lust is the real issue and and bringing that to the lord is is that person's problem yes it's not the world's problem yes like i can't blame my phone for for my lust issue Mm -hmm. if i'm seeking things or if things pop up and i don't swipe away from them or if Mm -hmm. i don't block certain things I can't blame my phone. Right. You know what I mean? I can, oh, my phone's immodest. It's, it's, look at it. It's showing all this skin. Right. It's, it's fault. No, it's, it's, it's on me. Yeah. It's in my heart. And it's, it's a, an operator error. Exactly. <laughs> and it's that hypersexualization that I've internalized. Yeah. That I've made my, my, um, my MO. Yeah. And I, I think some of this is not, it's not purely, um, a character problem. It's not always purely a, um, an ignorance problem. It, it can be just a lack of, awareness and knowledge about the human body as well. I think some of it like, um, in kind of moving into like, how, how can I know if I have these issues or if I am having a struggle uh, against purity or, or immodesty? Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times if you see certain, um, functional things as offensive or immodest, Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the example of breastfeeding. Okay. Um, that may be a problem. You don't really fully understand the function of that. Yeah. Now I know it's hard with breastfeeding and we've had discussions about this when, cause I, we, I've breastfed both of our children. Mm-hmm. There is kind of this weird, um, middle ground of like, well, yes, this is a, uh, functional thing for this season of life. And yeah. in this setting, um, at the same time, there's a, an understanding of our bodies are, are meant to please one another. And so yeah. there is kind of that in a marriage, there is an understanding of like, well, okay, I have to kind of compartmentalize in a sense, at yeah. least for, for that season. But, um, at the base to understand breastfeeding as a good thing, as a natural thing, as yeah. something that is not to be shamed or, um, shied away from Yeah, that requires knowledge that requires being educated and familiar with what breastfeeding is and why it's so important. And not just the nutritional aspect, not just the I'm feeding a human being, but truly understanding the bond between a mother and a child. And so if you're someone who looks at that or is uncomfortable with breastfeeding and you haven't, like, you just can't be around it. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it's just, I can't believe they're doing that in front of me. Educate yourself Mm -hmm. on truly the physiological implications of breastfeeding go into the depth of like why is breastfeeding so good and why is it important and why should this not be arousing me yeah and causing me such an issue in this setting i would uh, yeah oh, sorry i would piggyback off that just taking mm-hmm. it away from breastfeeding to back to the workout model oh yeah yeah, um, yeah understand why certain um athletic equipment is designed the way it is yes um like women's volleyball pants like one of those things is like, <laughs> why are they out there? And we draws? just call them drawers. They just in a drawers. They just out but, there in underwear. But there's a purpose for it. Like yes. they they have a reason. And so if you understand, like, oh, this person who's uh, playing beach volleyball, they're wearing 
a bikini because one, they're at the beach, they don't want sand all in 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 places. You know I what I'm saying? It. I get it. Um, then it, it takes it out of that idea of like, oh, they're just there for me to objectify, but like there is an actual function mm-hmm. for what they're doing and why, and it's for them. It's not about me. Yes. And so, yeah, I think yeah. that understanding the the necessary good and mm-hmm. what you're seeing is, is important. Yeah. And I think I've, I know I've gotten myself in the trap before at the gym, especially um, if I see other women wearing clothing that is more revealing than mine, mm-hmm. it is so instant to be like, Oh my gosh, like what? Okay. I see it. I see <laughs> your muscles. I see your skin. Um, yeah. But I have to step back for a moment and I have to recognize one, she's not working out for me. Yeah. She didn't get dressed for me to show, to show you up. She, that, that was not even a thought in her mind. Hopefully um, that'd be weird. That, that would be very weird. Um, also like I'm not here for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I see that, when I, it's easy to judge and mm-hmm. to say like, Oh my gosh, she's so immodest. I can't believe, or even, and it doesn't even have to do with like um, the upper area. A lot of times it's, it's the skin tight pants mm-hmm. and the, or the volleyball shorts. It's like, okay, but there's a reason like you don't want to wear loose fitting clothing when you're trying to work out a specific muscle group or yeah. if you're training for an event or if you're trying, like you really are trying to just focus on you in the gym. Um, and you want to assume that other people are doing the same thing. Yeah. Let's not go to that place of like, wow. Okay. Now everyone's going to be looking at your butt. Well, and that <laughs> happens even outside of the gym. So you want, I think what I'm hearing is if you're always setting your standard of how you dress as the standard for the way everyone else dresses, um, then you you're you're dealing with this immodest purity struggle, mm-hmm. um, and also probably a little bit of megalomania and yeah, yeah. pride and arrogance yeah. and um, and also overemphasis on uh, behaviors, outward behaviors. Yes. This is how you know if you're struggling with this. <clears throat> if instead of worrying about your heart focus, you're just trying to make sure that you're not viewed a certain way or that other people are doing the the stuff right. They're, mm. they're checking the boxes off the list so that they appear a certain way. Um, then, then there's a misunderstanding there. Yeah. That's that. Like don't touch, don't taste, don't handle. Exactly. And that's not, that's not the case for everybody. Um, you may need to avoid tight fitting pants. You may need to, maybe you just need to, maybe it's just a thing you shouldn't be wearing, but that doesn't mean that your sister in the gym can't wear them. Yeah. Um, or your brother in the gym. You don't know what he wearing. Uh, yeah. And that's another thing. <laughs> in, even in, in those settings, like in the gym or in any place where we find Normal ourselves settings that happens to in church. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh man. In church, it happens all the time. We're trying to avoid so many church examples. Cause I know some of y'all are like, Oh my goodness. I don't know. I feel um, like we're leaning heavy on the gym examples though. Cause true. we're like, we've got, this is all we do. We it's, go to the gym, we go to church. It's kind of our it's thing. Quarantine life. Um, but, <laughs> but in those settings where we find ourselves in like the co-ed, um, engagements, mm-hmm. it's so easy to, um, to expect, the other to, to do the wrong thing. Like, if that makes mm. sense, like you're, you're expecting your brother to look at you a certain way. You're expecting your, your sister to, you know, show a little extra skin. Yeah. And what if we set our sights? And this is just totally weird. I know set our sights on Jesus mm-hmm. as the standard, as the author and perfecter, as, as the one that we can look to who one will never look at us with impropriety. Yeah. He will never ever do that. He will constantly be seeking what is pure and seeking what is good. Um, but one who also gives us the standard of how to treat one another That's good. and how to engage and how to like, he went up to the woman at the well. Think about how many people like took that the wrong way. Of course. Yeah. And what that meant for his reputation and what that meant for her reputation, which she probably didn't even care at that point. But think about how Jesus engaged with different women and what it looked like, but actually the purity in him. Mm-hmm. 
was enough to sustain that. It was enough to drive that relationship. It was enough to redeem the situation. He wasn't worried about, well, let me put on this so that it doesn't look. And I just want to make sure I keep my hands right here so that nobody knows that there's no, like I'm Jesus over here, but he entered into relationship with them out of the purity. Yeah. Not out of, I want to make sure that it looks okay to everybody else. Yeah, which I think is leading us into our practical tips. So practical tips. Your practicality for this episode. Yes. One. Um, what is go it? With one? No, you got it. You you were already kind of leading there. So sorry. You cannot make yourself pure. Come on. That's called behavior modification. It don't work. Can't do it. Your heart. You can buy all you can tie a sweatshirt around your waist. You can wear a sweatshirt in the gym. You can do you yeah, can cover yourself up. You can do it all, honey. Sir. You can, (laughs) honey, sir, honey, sir, ma'am, brother, it does not make you pure. That's right. That's good. You can't do it yourself. Um, You talked about entering into relationship Mm -hmm. um, a second ago. And so I think for a practical tip is, um, I guess a don't, we, we're not saying to be brazen in your relationships and to put yourself into predicaments that can lead you into temptation. We're not saying that. Mm -mm. So please hear the don't in that, right? Don't be left alone if you're a married man with a single woman who you know has um, issues with affection. You know, that's just not wise. And close the door. Yeah. They don't that, do that. Yeah, that's not wise. Um, so you want to use wisdom. But you also, this is the do, enter into relationships with a pure heart seeking what's best for the other person always. Mm-hmm. So whenever you encounter mm-hmm. someone who is of the opposite sex, the same sex, um, instead of immediately going to they're trying to tempt me. They're trying to flirt with me. They're trying to whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, keep the purity of heart of I'm going to assume the best in this situation mm-hmm. and I'm not going to condemn them in this in this moment. Yeah, that's good. That's mine. What you got? That's good. I think going off of that one, I think it's important to um, just drive home that not assuming. I guess it's more of a don't, but um, not assuming that every interaction with the opposite sex mm-hmm. has to be sexualized. Yes. This is something that it does take training. It, it takes training in that because I know coming from, you know, being raised, not raised really, but being brought up in a sense professionally in an environment where um, interactions between the opposite sex oftentimes were viewed as sexual. Even if people were just friends yeah. or just coworkers, it was oftentimes there's always a sexual tension that was drawn into or written into the situation Implied. that didn't need to be there. Yeah. And so we have to retrain our minds to, um, I know that the scriptures use the terms brother and sister often. And I think we really do have to go there. We have to continue to view our brothers and sisters as such. Yes. Um, older, younger, what have you. And, and if you've had broken relationships with siblings and there's, there's things there that kind of there's residue that gets brought into that, we have to work through that with therapy, with a professional in some way. But I think that familial, um, bond and purity does need to be emphasized. And we yeah. do have to continue to draw that into our language That's good. and draw that into the way that we view one another, because it's not just this person in my church or this person at my gym or this person in my workplace. It's, Hey, if they're a brother or sister in Christ, if they, if, if you do share that, um, relationship with them, this is my brother, this is my sister. I want to look out for them. Yes. I like, um, Sorry, I zoned out. There was something you said. <laughs> no, like I, I had a thought and I was like, oh, I got to remember that. But then I was just listening to you speak and I was like, oh, yeah, that's all oh, yeah, good stuff. I totally forgot um, what I was going to remember. It doesn't matter what I was going to say. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but then speaking to the idea of purity, 
And we said you can't purify yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are practices that you can enter into if you are struggling with sexual sin. And so this is something we're going to go deeper with our uh, inner circle about. We're going to talk about uh, ways that you can, you personally can take responsibility for your, your sexual temptations Mm -hmm. for your own personal purity. And this is not just for men. This is something we do have to emphasize, especially among Christian women. Um, Pornography Mm -hmm. and impropriety is something that is a struggle. It's a very real struggle. Yeah. Um, And and women alike. Yeah. And it's not purely visual all the time. So we want to go into that discussion with our inner circle. You can join our inner circle for just $2 a month yes. if you would like to do that. Um, you can also join now. Right now, we can, um, you can join for a whole year. You can pay for the whole year up front, mm-hmm. which if you're doing the $2 tier, it only ends up being about $20 yeah. for the whole year. That's a discount that you get. But you can also join. Um, we have several other tiers where you get other benefits yes. and really cool things that you get to enjoy throughout the year with us. Yeah, because for the $2, you get an extra episode every week. Yeah. And you get kind of part of our inner circle. You get to hear the stuff that's happening. Yeah, you get to be but part of our closed Facebook group. That's right. But Very as you exclusive. move up in the tier, and if you've listened all the way to this point, you already are operating as though you're in the inner circle. I mean, so pretty you much. might as well join. Yeah. Um, but as you move up, there's more bonus. Bonuses, there's more um, gifts that we like to bless you with. Yes. And so, um, yeah, consider joining our inner circle. And so if you want to support the ministry um, with a greater amount or a one-time gift, or you want to join at any tier, you can go to www.patreon.com slash nicksmithpodcast.com. Yes. Nope, I didn't. I ended with .com again for some reason. Um, <laughs> dot com, dot dot com. com. Forget the dot last com. .com. <laughs> or you can just go to our website and uh, click under inner circle and there's a link there. Yes. Well, this has been the Nick Smith podcast. Sure has, dot com. Com. <laughs> we hope you've gotten a dose of real life. Dot com. No, no myth. myth. <laughs> Be blessed. Dot com. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith podcast. We are so glad that you joined us and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.